and here we go. All right. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers, because that's who I bring you, my friends. Every couple of weeks in this series of Heart and Hustle, I am Paulette Reese-Denis, your movement motivator, your passion instigator, your magic maker, transformational lifestyle and creativity business coach, author of a new book, which, oh, there it is, right there. <laughs> so good. And um, today I get to bring you someone who I've just met. I'm really excited to talk with you. Melanie Weller is here with us today. And welcome, Melanie. Thank you very much. So glad to have you here. So glad that your, your person connected us. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so happy to, be, ha happy to be connected. And for your listeners, I apologize for being in this echoey space that was... Uh, uh, an oversight on my part. <laughs> I, I think it's fine. It's totally fine. So it'll all be good. It'll all be good. So Melanie, I'm so curious because you talk about this thing called the vagus nerve. I've never heard that before. So oh. I, love, I love hearing people's stories, but what you're doing is helping change their stories. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the vagus nerve is really the bridge between our stories and our bodies. And in a, um, so in a functional sense, your vagus nerve goes all the way from your brainstem down to your pelvis. It innervates your vocal cords. It innervates your heart and it innervates your digestive system. Wow. It actually goes down to your uh, heart first and loops back up to your vocal cords. So I like to think of it, think of it as the nerve that allows us to speak our hearts. Mm. Oh, I love that. And we are most familiar with our vagus nerve when it's not working well. When we get nervous and we get a lump in our throat mm -hmm. and our palms sweat. And our <laughs> Any of you know what that feels like? <laughs> yeah. And our digestion alters. That all happens because our vagus nerve got dialed down. But your vagus nerve is really integral to performance and pleasure. Women with spinal cord injuries can achieve orgasm with vagus nerve stimulation. Wow. Okay. Complete spinal cord injuries. So you know that, and be, but because your vagus nerve is outside of your spinal cord, it's not affected by their injury. But it's sexual arousal is largely parasympathetic. So and your vagus nerve is a big part of your parasympathetic nervous system. Okay. And the research around, um, well, I'll say as a physical therapist, because that's where I come from okay. with all of this originally, the, my interest in the vagus nerve <clears throat> was really because it uses the same neurotransmitter that your muscles do. Mm -hmm. and when you give the vagus nerve more space, to move itself, it can get pinched at several different places throughout the body. There are major points that it can get compressed. And when you give the vagus nerve more room to move, you get these beautiful systemic neuromuscular responses. So for example, if it's compressed at the base of the skull, you know, and a lot of people carry their stress in their necks and they're tight at the base of their skull, and if you give the vagus nerve more room at the base of the skull, 
it will literally give you more range of motion in your toes and your ankles. Wow. Because it has that full systemic response. And as a, you know, and we all carry stress in our bodies. And that's the piece that a lot of people are missing. Like they think about mindset and changing their, you know, and think about how the stress is living in their heads, but they don't always really think about how it's living in the body. And medically, we know that stress is the root of all disease and dysfunction, but we don't really ask very many questions about how, where that stress is coming from. Mm -hmm. And so I, so one, and trauma always affects the voice and the breath, your vocal cords and your diaphragm are horizontal muscles. And we have this whole horizontal system in our bodies. Your vagus nerve is most likely to get compressed where you have a horizontal structure. So the base of your skull, your vocal cords, your thoracic inlet through your shoulders, at the level of your pulmonary veins, at your diaphragm, and at your pelvic floor. And when, but on a bigger scale with stress, so everybody, no one gets injured or stressed and has really great arm swing when they walk. We all lock up. (laughs) And so that trauma really locks up that rotational system, those horizontal structures are involved in rotation or they're often very easily measured by rotation. And so when we lose rotation, we also lose alignment really with the cosmos because the cosmos has this, is rotational. Mm -hmm. And most often what we'll see is that because the right side of the diaphragm has more muscle mass than the left, that a lot of people are really stuck in right diaphragm dysfunction and they're really locked down and they'll be they'll have low right shoulders and be compressed over on the right side hi that would be me (laughs) yeah but you know and my background's in treating people that haven't found success other places Mm. so the so when you know when i think about it when the earth below when we're compressed into this right rotation position but the earth below us and the solar system above us all rotate the opposite direction Mm. we're not only out of alignment within our bodies we're out of alignment on a much bigger scale and unable to tap into really what the universe has waiting for us Mm. wow and there's when i came to uh when i was in the midst of my own midlife crisis (laughs) I i took some time off to do some reading because I wasn't fitting into a physical therapy box very easily or very comfortably. Okay. At least. So and and how, long, how long have you been doing that work? Uh, well, now I've been, I think this is 24 years this year. Is that, and I was an athletic trainer before. I've been an athletic trainer for uh, maybe 28 years, something like that. You know, so I've been working on people's bodies for a long time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but anyway, I took some time off because I had this um, to kind of balance out where I was going to go with the mind-body work and my own intuitive set of skills along with my clinical skills. And I'm board certified in orthopedics, you know, I'm a certified athletic trainer, I've got an extra geriatric certification, so I have a lot of conventional credentials. And what I discovered when I took that time off was that two things. One, that mythology was a way of uh, 
communicating science. So for example, the myth of the Egyptian myth of Isis and Osiris has the Earth's processional cycle numbers in it. And currently the Earth is at a 23 and a half degree tilt. And my first thought when I read that was, oh, well, what's 23 and a half degrees from the midline of the body? And in all of my anatomy books, as well as in some uh, skulls, real skulls that I've been able to see, the opening where your vagus nerve exits the base of your skull is 23 and a half degrees from the opening of where your spinal cord exits. Wow. And with my biomechanical knowledge, I know that normal rotation at your first and second cervical vertebrae is 47 degrees and that your anterior cruciate ligament sits at an average of 47 degrees. And so there's these critical angles that, and there's 47 degrees between the pole stars that the earth points to over thousands and thousands of years. And so there's just, I know it's mind blowing. <laughs> so there's, so it's, I, you know, I, so there's, so my, that led to a theory, which I, which I, I haven't, uh, had formally researched it, but I will say that I have lots of case studies that this works. Okay. When that we have these critical angles that mimic the angles of the earth, and when those angles are off, you are less likely to feel well. Okay. You're less likely to be in flow with your life. And then the second piece of it came because I had been in the midst of my own turmoil, I had been studying astrology to figure myself out to get, you know, to gain more insight into it. Uh-huh. Into it. And my favorite anatomical picture for 20 years of anything is from my Sabota anatomy books. And it's a picture, it's a compilation of MRI images to give you a 3D picture of what the ventricles of your brain look like. And the ventricles of your brain make cerebral spinal fluid. And when I looked at this photo for the, showed it to somebody for the first time after I had been studying astrology, I thought, oh my gosh, that looks just like the ram's horns in Aries. And in astrology, Aries rules the head. And I thought in this space about how science was a way about, of talking about, your mythology was a way of talking about science. And so then my spidey, you know, my spidey senses got all activated. And I was like, where's the rest of it? And the way your hyoid bone in your throat sits on top of your larynx looks just like the symbol for Taurus and Taurus rules the throat. And your aortic arch is the same shape as the symbol for Leo and Leo rules the heart. And it works this way the whole way through the body. That's wild. That is amazing. And so you can use the story then to, one, to uncover the spiritual underpinnings or the stress-related underpinnings of the physical dysfunction or or whatever, you know, your underlying stress. You can use the story to tap into uncovering the stress, whatever that's keeping you from achieving. And I have used it to create a form of energy medicine that I also teach to healthcare professionals and yoga instructors and, um, you know, and different types of healers. So you, well, you are a DLOS. That (laughs) is a woman who does lots of stuff. (laughs) DLOS, I mean, sisters unite, right? Oh my God. Um, So, Okay, so you're a physical therapist, but you work with this amazing energy with the body. So how did you, where and how did you venture? You said you had a midlife crisis, so you did some personal work, and is that what developed 
Yes, I had been, I had always been, you know, for, for more than 20 years, I've been trained in uh, osteopathic, gentle osteopathic techniques called strain okay. counter strain. And I, and I had had visceral mobilization training. So I always did some amount of alternative intervention. Okay. And I always got the intervention. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a nice way of saying making magic and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was always the magician and well, my reputation is that I'm the body whisperer. That's okay. what that's usually the, the, that's locally here in New Orleans. That's what my reputation is. Oh, I wonder where you were. Okay. You're in New Orleans. All right. And the, um, uh, but yes, I always, I always ended up without even trying with the people with the most complicated cases be, because they just find, you know, when you take time to listen to people and figure them, figure out what's going on and have some success in that direction, the, the floodgates opened. My husband was in the Navy for 20 years, so we moved around a lot. No matter where we lived, they all found me. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why that is. <laughs> but it, it was great. I mean, I loved, you know, and certainly all of my failures led me to figure out new ways of doing things because when it didn't respond, I just kept investigating. I just kept investigating. Mm -hmm. And now I really use this information to help people elevate their performance in different ways. Okay. You know, so public speakers and entertainers and things, you know, and people that get on stage or that want to have a better presence or have more grace under pressure <laughs> in what they're, yeah. you know, in their high stress life. So, so what do you love about this work? Oh, people are so incredibly clever about how they lay down their tension and the patterns that they create. Uh -huh. I would say that, you know, that maybe 50% of people, and I'll just say this in general, read the textbook before they show up in your office. Like, or the, you know, like they're, it's a pretty predictable, like, you know, they're going to show up in some kind of predictable mm -hmm. But like 30 to 40% of them did not read the textbook. They have a different textbook. So I love that puzzle part of it. And then I was going to say, you are like the puzzle person. Oh, I totally am. Yes. Okay. Yes. And about 10% of them wrote their own textbook and I have to read it to figure out what. <laughs> How fun is that? Right? So much fun. Oh. And to get the change and to get the change quite rapidly and Easily, I think we often make healing way too hard. We make transformation way too hard. We make a lot of things way too hard. <laughs> I see that all the time. Uh, and and you know why? I think that we're taught that that especially us as women, right, can't show up, can't stand up, can't be in front, can't um, be that shining star. And so we make it hard. Absolutely. And what, what I've excuses can you possibly make up? <laughs> well, and what I've learned the way that I would summarize it is that when you treat somebody's body, you know, and I have a lot of manual, like traditional manual skills with bodies as well. Sure. When you treat the physical body, sometimes their story will change. 
-hmm. But when you treat somebody's story, the physical body always changes. Mm. Oh, I love that. And so I call my process story prescription. Cool. Story prescription. Yes. Okay. Because very specific, like if we just take the head, for example, you know, I talked earlier about the ram's horns for in Aries. So like where you're, you know, the state of your inner warrior, you know, or those Aries, Mars kinds of qualities will show up in the head. When um, uh, the cranial, the biblical story of the temple of tabernacle of the Ark of the Covenant describes cranial anatomy in quite a bit of detail. So you can do this whole walk through the, through the temple with the cranial bones energetically as well. And the Hindu deity Ganesh lives on the underside of the brain where the trunk is the brain stem and the roots, the trigeminal nerve are the eyes. And so there are many different stories that live in the head. We have a a bone that called the sphenoid bone that comes up into your temples that sits behind your eyes. And it looks very much like an owl. And it was, uh, the owl was Athena's symbol and Athena was born of Zeus's head. And so that story also has clues into why people get headaches and other stress-related types of things. And so, so this is a, it's a very dynamic, so the energy medicine system I've created with this is very dynamic and there's lots of different pieces that go with it. And so just perceiving, you know, seeing where people have really, um, you know, how their tension distorts themselves, distorts what's happening and creates the problem is endlessly fascinating. Um, yes. I mean, I'm completely, I'm like, I'm kind of like jaw dropping here. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is phenomenal. So no, <laughs> no one else does this. Well, that, that's been my thing. I'm like, who, somebody else is surely doing this. I said, the only people I know, I know that have a similar concept. I have a book that describes how the Vedas correlate to anatomy. Okay. And you have a book. I have a book written by some, not, it's not my book, but it's written oh. by somebody else. I own a book, somebody else's book that describes like we all have little intracellular structures that look like the constellations, like um, adenosine triphosphate looks like the Aries constellation. And, um, and there's all these, the, the cytoplasm looks like the cancer constellation, you know, and so they all match up. Like it's, you know, it's down to the little teeny level. And so it's like, and that's re really mind blowing, but I don't know anybody that's leveraging this for transformation and healing. No, me either. And I'm, I'm spellbound. I'm just like, dang girl, what are you going to do with this? It's so well, I'm writing a book. Good. <laughs> I I was like, you better. <laughs> I'm going to help you write that book. Damn it. <laughs> Close to being done. I just like, I, it, yes. It, um, so it, it's getting done and, um, yeah, and I'm teaching it. I'm teaching my, right now I'm teaching my first round. I'm training my first round of clinicians. Sweet. With Sweet. this to get it out there. And um, I would love to do keynote speaking and public speaking, you know, and just really, you know, and, and healing demonstrations. I, the power of the group to me is so much fun. When I, one of the things that I've done for years and years is 
is to figure out which, you know, where the origin point in the body is and treat that to get everything to change. Because especially when you get complicated chronic pain patients, you, you, they have, you can measure dysfunction head to toe biomechanically with them, you know, and so figuring out the one or two, maybe three spots that are the most crucial to, it is really, um, or it's a skill that I developed over the process of that. And what I've discovered is that I can take a group of people and set the container, figure out who's most restricted, treat them and get everybody to change. Uh -huh. Wow. And, and so doing, so I would love, you know, my dream is to do this for a stadium full of people. I think. Oh it's yeah. <laughs> you and Tony Robbins, man. Woo. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. So, all right. So let's go to you. Okay. So, I mean, this is incredibly fascinating and mind blowing and I love it, but so tell me how or what, Let's talk about the what. So this series is called Heart and Hustle, right? It's about what you love, but what's been hard? What's been the obstacles? What's been the hustle? So mm -hmm. what's been hard for you on your journey as an entrepreneur, as this, as this healer? Oh, uh, visibility. I am masterful at being invisible. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty important. <laughs> yeah. It's been a huge, like for me to be here in this space, you know, with you is a, you know, a huge thing that I, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I don't know that I would have really, I probably would have hidden from. Uh, well, you're doing fantastic. And I think you're an amazing speaker. So bam, <laughs> blow that one out of the water. <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's been a long journey, but even so getting people to, uh, you know, like the language, it's taken me a long time to explain this and language it and put it in a containers so that it makes sense to everybody as right. well well and because what you're doing is is kind of what i do too but in a slightly different way or a largely different ways is you're mixing the woo with the practical absolutely and that's what i say all the time because i think it's important i mean everything is connected energy right uh but you've got to be physical you've got to be present you got to be in the now you got to be in your body right yes. Absolutely. You have to bring it into meaningful form for people or else it's useless. Yeah. So what else? Oh, what else is hard? Um, trusting others and it's particularly trusting women. I've come a long way in that as a, you know, after 20 years as a Navy wife, I was a little burnt on groups of women by the end of it. Oh God, that's so sad. And uh, and really what really started to flip that for me was my, I, I did a, some formal training with the center for mind, body medicine and my small group in the midst of their 300 person training was all women. And it was, we just went in deep with each other and it was amazing. And that was really a huge catalyst in terms of healing my relationship with women and my ability to Beautiful. trust other women and to have really beautiful friendships, you know, and I think my, and I will say, I, you know, I think even growing up, I wasn't really, like I was, I always, you know, I wasn't a super social butterfly and, you know, I had a few good friends, but, but learning to, um, 
Yeah, learning to trust others. Like I, I was a swimmer and I, like, and for years I would tell you that I swam competitively because I didn't like having teammates. I didn't trust other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Like that okay. I was going to do an individual sport that like, or just, I was the only one that mattered here. <laughs> and so how has that shifted? Then. Oh, oh, it's been like, so now I'm collaborating, like this morning I had a meeting with two other female physical therapists that were creating a, a course for uh, healthcare professionals, mm -hmm. to do, like practitioner centered uh, training for them so that they, to take care of the healthcare professionals so that they can give better care. And I have, I have just amazing collaborations and groups that I'm part of here. And so now I, I feel so incredibly supported and I, you know, I'm so grateful for it every day. It's been just, you know, it's a night and day shift compared to what I used to. And, and, you know, I think so much of that comes with time. So much of that comes with age yes. and experience. I mean, you couldn't be this person 20 years ago. No, not at all. Not at all. It takes the, and I, it, I'm at the point now where I'm actually really grateful for my traumas and my stresses because in the past yeah. they have made me who I am. Absolutely. Today, and you know, and to see those people that maybe inflicted, you know, what I maybe previously would have called the most intense traumas, <laughs> you know, on me or you know those people that were integral to that, and you know now I really see them as my gurus and I see how at the soul level, I chose that. You know, my childhood is very much about lost voice. I didn't have a voice at home and my youth choir instructor used to make me mouth the words and because I didn't have a voice at home, I didn't tell my parents that that's what she was doing. So I stayed in choir for years and years. And, you know, now here I am working with the nerve that innervates voice in speakers wow. and entertainers and, you know, that it's totally this coming full circle and that I wouldn't have had the appreciation for it if I didn't have the hardship. Yeah, right. Too, that it really catalyzes or uh, propels you into that. You know, in the moment, I'm sure it was horrifying. Absolutely. But in retrospective, it's like, it's definitely made you who you are. I mean, we all, I, I, every person goes through that and hopefully they can come out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think the best thing about coming out of it is that then my body doesn't hold on to it anymore. Yeah. Mm. You know, so, you know, I don't have, like, I struggled for a long time with foot pain and plantar fasciitis and, you know, and then as I was working on, really working on stillness for myself, I fell and broke my foot. <laughs> you oh. know, like, I could write a whole book on the, the story of my feet. Damn. <laughs> But when you, but I think you can really, as you release these things, you know, it shows up as better functions in the body. Like now I can run, I can play, you know, I can do all of those things without any problems at all. And I didn't have to have surgery. I didn't have to, you know, nothing like that. Oh God, that just brings up so many things that we could talk about for hours and we can't, but, but it's so, I think that's so much a problem in our world these days is that there's always that quick medical fix for things that doesn't fix anything. It numbs everything, you know, it doesn't sure. fix anything. And it's our healing, our energy, our awareness, our letting go, our education, you know, I mean, there's so many facets to heal ourselves. 
Absolutely. Well, medicine does a great job. Acute medicine does a great job of treating your story. You break your leg, they set you, they set your leg, you start your heart. They do a great job of acute medicine has that one-to-one relationship. It's our chronic condition medicine that does not have that. They they still try to use this one-to-one approach and it's, and that's not the answer. Right. And sometimes the answer is so simple. But we in this modern day society don't want to face that. We're we're conditioned. We're uh, what's the word? Um, spoiled. Oh yeah. Not quite the word I'm looking for. I mean, how many times have I heard someone say, "Oh, I'm so bloated, but I'm not going to quit eating bread." Yeah. Well, and pain and pleasure are processed in the same parts of your brain, and so it's inter- it, it you know so it's a uh, yeah, it untangles them. And I find, you know, like that threshold is just, is different for everybody. And we all have to get to that threshold where we say we're done. One of my yeah, favorite absolutely. stories. Yeah. yeah. When you're, you're pissed off and you're angry and you're sick. I mean, I did it too. Yeah. Know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We all have our, have our lines, but I also think that finding that is also about like opening the door of awareness to the right and giving people a glimpse of the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. No, I don't think that giving up bread necessarily has to be that hard. No. I think we do it as a, you know, that there's ways to, you know, to baby step your way out of it. Right. It doesn't, you know, but this, we're very much an all or nothing. We live very much in a dichotomy mindset. And that's really where the, you know, where the problem lies with it, you know, and sometimes your line is, um, you know, you need, you know, you get a big trauma to, create that line. And one of my favorite stories from a client I saw many years ago, she had tennis elbow and she told me she knew she needed to come see me when she couldn't peel a banana without pain. And that was her line. Like when she couldn't peel a banana. She was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta, you gotta reach that hand, <laughs> but it does. It totally brings a different awareness. It's like, okay, I know things can be different, but I have to make the choice. Right. It, you know, and I'll say overall, when, you know, when you get that alignment with the cosmos and you build that awareness, it, I think it makes the choice easier to make. Yeah, that's true. But looking in the mirror is the hardest thing any of us ever do. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. So what's next? You're working on a book. I'm working on a book. I, um, uh, I'm working on getting a, uh, I've been teaching a free series on evidence-based shamanism, which I'm just making an ongoing thing. There's just mind body skills and the, you know, the way these things, you know, the research that supports wow. all of this. And, and, and is that the free series on your website? Yes, that's the free yeah. series on my website. And so okay, that's just gotta go to her website. Okay. If you uh, sign up at the opt-in box at the bottom of my website, you'll receive my free vagus nerve decompression course. And it takes you through a full whole body self-assessment and exercises to correct sweet the dysfunction thank you I'm moving into uh, I'm getting a lot of interest from businesses and leadership development and also from the design industry because of the way the cosmos the part about how the cosmos is coded into our body the way logos and different design elements live in our bodies it it has application there too and so depending on what your goal is with uh, 
design product. Like how can we design our environments to better live in our bodies and not always have to be the contortionist with our body to live in our environment? All right. Wow. That just, that just blew my mind. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole, I'm going to have you back. We got to talk about that next time. <laughs> that's incredible. And I mean, it, so that's kind of feng shui-ish. It's, yeah, it's kind of feng shui-ish. Absolutely. Yeah. But even in the way that, um, like, I'll just, you know, like in the United States, our, our um, national emblem is an eagle. And just like that bone in your head that looks like an owl, it looks like a winged bird. If you could impose an eagle over that, you know, so to think that our national, you know, that national symbol sits really well in our heads and the, uh, the, the feet of the bone have your jaw muscles connected to it. And, but in that, in the image, like the, the eagle that's on the dollar bill and on our national symbol, it's, has, it's holding, has arrows in one hand and uh, I think an olive branch or wheat in the other. You know, its claws are full. And I don't think, that, and its mouth is full too, it has something in its mouth too. And I don't think, like it looks like it can fly very well <laughs> when it's loaded down like that. And so I think that creates an illusion of freedom. Sorry. That's okay. I think that creates an, you know, gives us sort of this illusion of freedom that's, but we're burdened, you know, like this burdened freedom kind of yeah, thing yeah, yeah. going on. Yeah. And so it's very interesting to look at it from a cultural standpoint, you know, with different country emblems and different um, uh, symbols and, you know, and, and how they were used. Like even the most um, dramatic example, I'll say, is the Nazi logo, because it, had, it was an eagle holding a circle with the swastika in it, you know, and think about how many minds they co-opted, you know, to, were able to, you know, to do their work but that logo sat they were able to capture people's wisdom and uh, awareness with that and really embody it and so i think you know it has i don't know that these symbols are always intentionally used for um negative purposes in those things but i do know that the you know the nazis had a large awareness of astrology and you know, Hindu tradition as well, but we have to be, you know, when you have the awareness about how symbols live in your body, then you have more choice mm -hmm. about how they influence you and you're not acting from a subconscious pattern. And then we can use them then to make the world a better place. Right. Sigils. Sigils. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But it very, there's, there's just a very, I think there's very specific ways, you know, it, it's a lot of it's just geometry, but I think that they, you know, they will lodge themselves in your body. Like what the other, uh, like scales, you know, we use scales as the symbol of justice. Mm -hmm. And in astrology, Libra rules the kidneys and your kidneys sit in your body very much like a set of scales. And the populations with the highest levels of social injustice have the highest levels of kidney disease, at least in the United States, that African-American and Native Americans have the highest levels of kidney disease. So that's a huge reason that social justice reform is really important is to improve community health because I can guarantee you it will. Wow. So I think you should run for president and, <laughs> <laughs> and we could change up all this stuff. That'd be awesome. 
no, I'm kidding. But um, I, I, that's amazing. And this is a really different take on healing and connection and physical connection as well as a global connection. And I think I can't wait for your book to be out. And I think your work is amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, I'm really happy to share it with everybody out here. Uh, I am so grateful for this opportunity, Paulette. My heart, special people. And I'm just, I'm so excited by this work. I just, it's, it's, it is mind blowing. And it's, it's just, I mean, for me anyway, I'm, I'm just, this is a whole different take on things. Um, so I can't wait to see what else you're going to do next. And I yeah. wish you great success and prosperity and Woo. So good. And my friends out there. So I'll, I'll give you all of Melanie's contacts so you can sign up for her, you know, email list and get her courses and follow her and support her and, um, and hire her if you want. <laughs> It'd be awesome. So, and I thank you all for being here again for another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers, because damn it, we shook you up today. Shook me up. <laughs> and Melanie, thank you for spending time with me and us and being here today. Oh, you're so welcome. I am so grateful to have had this opportunity to share my, uh, what I, my work. Ah, and I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, we'll be in touch. And we'll see you all soon again. Thank you. Mwah. Many blessings. <laughs>